Palace Perspective is brought to you by Palace Capital Advisors, a comprehensive wealth management firm with locations in the Northeast, specializing in financial and estate planning solutions, investment management strategies, and family office services for high net worth families across the country. Welcome to a special edition of the Palace Capital Advisor podcast series. I am Mark Bogart, Chief Investment Officer here at Palace Capital. I am joined today by Rich Mullen, one of the managing partners, and Stephen Kylander, one of our senior portfolio managers. We wanted to produce this special podcast today, given all the macro events going on in the world, whether it's uh, very high inflation, uh, the Russian uh, situation with Ukraine, but we thought we would run through a couple risks to markets in our outlook and see uh, update everyone on where we are uh, today relative to markets. I just thought I would set the stage uh, with what's driven um, year-to-date performance in markets. Uh, GDP and corporate earnings have been quite strong year-to-date, albeit slowing from last year. Inflation is running at a very high level. Uh, CPI was actually up 7.5% uh, for the last 12 months, ending January, the highest since 1982. Um, on the back of this, long-term interest rates have moved higher. Speculation of Fed raising shorter-term rates is uh, fully on the table and most likely going to happen uh, sooner than later. Uh, we've seen stock markets uh, pull back around the world, especially high multiple U.S. tech stocks and U.S. small-cap stocks. International markets have done uh, relatively better. We've also seen energy rally quite strongly on the back of a strong oil price. So where, where does that leave us for our market outlook coming into the year? Well, we still see the economy growing with strong GDP, albeit, uh, again, slower than uh, last year. Earnings growth still of the S&P 500 in the 8 to 10% range uh, on the back of a healthy consumer and pricing power of corporations. And we also see interest rates moving up on both the short and the long end. Uh, but as I mentioned at the beginning, given what's going on in Russia, given what's going on with inflation, uh, we wanted to discuss, uh, take some of the time to discuss what these risks are in the market today. So maybe we could just start off, uh, kick it off with Russia. Uh, maybe start with Steve. Um, what's been the history of uh, conflicts around the world? How has it impacted markets? Uh, maybe what are what are some of the, the near-term details that you've seen um, coming out of the, the early stages of this and, and, and how we're reacting to it? Sure. I guess if one looks at conflicts, it, it increases uncertainty in the world. And that's really where we were coming into you know, the past week and into the announcement of the annexation of uh, portions of the Ukraine by Russia. But uncertainty is always always elevated at the beginning of a conflict. Historically, as those conflicts work through, uh, the world adjusts and markets tend to uh, recover as certainty increases. Um, now, in this case, I mean, where would the uncertainties lie? I think um, to a degree, if it was to expand in terms of the conflict and perhaps the greatest concern there is what other geopolitical concerns could erupt following this type of uh, type of conflict. Um, I don't think there's at this you know point an expectation that it really is going to expand dramatically. Uh, China probably would be the the one that people look most closely to. And in fact, China, the comments uh, publicly that China is making, at least, um, are supportive of the maintaining the, uh, you know, Ukraine independently and, and negative in terms of Russia, uh, Russia's aggressions there. Um, so that's that one perhaps, uh, you know, should should be mitigated over time in terms of concern about it uh, spreading. The uh, the second element though is 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 does this add more fuel to inflationary 
you know, pressures that we're seeing both uh, domestically and globally around the world. And, uh, you know, chief of those may be energy prices. You know, we did see energy prices have moved up, um, you know, as this conflict has has progressed. Um, Although that is being offset by other factors, such as uh, a million barrels perhaps coming on the market from Iran, Saudi Arabia still being, you know, having the ability to turn on the spigot. But it has increased uncertainty about where energy prices are going to move, you know, in an environment where inventories are very uh, tight currently. And I guess I'll I'll, I'll pass it over to Rich in in terms of your thoughts uh, from that perspective in terms of the inflationary pressures that might might you know be elevated right now as we uh, as we look past this conflict thanks steve <clears throat> yeah i do worry about um the pervasively high energy prices i think historically uh you've pointed out a couple of of different specific examples of how higher energy prices can be mitigated and have been mitigated in the past i think um a lot of the the surge in energy prices have come on the heel of um, you know some demand destruction here in the U.S. and, and a propensity to um, disincentivize uh, production here in the U.S. So that was already that kind of supply I think has been taken offline ahead of all of this. So you know does uh, the classic um, elements of uh, uh, the the increased production that we see out of Saudi Arabia and so on is that is that enough to offset this? And I think ultimately it will be. But the question I have is. You know how long um, does uh, does that kind of um, you know impede the um, the ability of um, energy prices to rise up, meet demand, and and you know perhaps then fall in price? And and I think that timeline is important because the question in my mind is you know we've seen a, a fairly robust uh, demand uh, in the consumer um, in the face of higher rates um, caused by supply chain and so on. Um, and you know which which actually um, yields first. You know, does the consumer um, wither, uh, which is a obviously a very big part of uh, economic growth uh, here domestically and globally, or does you know oil pipe prices start to um, to mitigate and you know the consumer continues um, in its you know relative place of strength in the economic engine of. Uh, of the globe. So those are the things I, I kind of worry about. I mean, I think you're right, Mark, though, you know, we're seeing strong numbers here, both domestically and in Europe, uh, from the purchasing managers index, you know, an indication of economic um, direction, both from the manufacturing and service sector. So those are all, you know, really positive things. And I think that coming out of the pandemic, one would assume logically that things uh, would, would get better in the supply chain. And that all is, you know, uh, has a different deflationary element to it. So I think it's yet to be seen, you know, is the inflation pervasive higher for longer or, you know, does it have, um, you know, as uh, Steve pointed out, um, certain components that will alleviate or ameliorate the increase in in the price of oil and subsequently inflation? Yeah, we'll certainly see over the um, course of time over the last couple of decades, uh, clearly a Increase in oil price has to be a break on the economy, but how much of a break, and is it that severe? And as the economy has shifted to more and more service-type economy, um, the impact of that in the overall uh, U.S. economy, I think, has been lower and lower, but it has to be a break, as you said. And I think you can get into uh, a little bit more granularity as well in terms as you're looking at specific investments of which portions of the population are impacted most by higher oil prices and and how that can affect uh, certain industries and certain companies. And that's certainly something we do 
here at Powell. So we will see as we go through the year how much uh, that high energy price is a break on the economy. Um, one interesting thing, I think, too, from this is uh, there was speculation ahead of the Russian conflict of the Fed actually doing a 50 basis point increase at the coming March meeting rather than 25 uh, basis points. And that seemed to get um, uh, the market excited, well, excited in a negative way that, oh, if the Fed's going to raise rates that quickly, that might be more negative for multiples in the short run in the market. Um, so one glass half full of this Russian conflict might be that that 50 basis points might be off the table and maybe they'll they'll stick with the 25 and do the continued measured pace. Uh, but the inflation data is still running high. So it's just one of those questions in the market that uh, near term is going to be very tough to predict what's going to happen with multiples. Uh, we always bring that back to we own quality companies where we believe in the earnings growth. And that's what we own long run for clients. But the short term multiple impacts of these, well, it's oil price, interest rates, et cetera, Russia. Uh, are still yet to be seen. Just to add on that, it's interesting to hear you say, you know, we talk about inflation and uh, last year's or last month's print at 7.5%, highest since 1982. It's astounding uh, when you look back a uh, year and a half, uh, maybe even uh, a little less than that, but the term deflation wasn't completely thrown out mm -hmm. the window. And then there was some worries, you know, that were there. And I think, you know, the one of the other um, trends that's definitively in place here that really has a downward pressure on inflation is, you know, the uh, advancement of technology. You know, we were talking about on some of these podcasts that COVID has excelled. We're headed in a digital direction societally, and COVID has accelerated that uh, digitization. It's also created um, some tremendous efficiencies in in the service sector and, and other elements of the economy. So those, those uh, pressures and trends, um, you know, on the downward effect of inflation are still in place despite, you know, some of the more, you know, commodity-driven pressures that we're seeing right here. So that actually, um, you know, is a, is a trend that I think will help mitigate perhaps longer term, you know, some of these uh, inflation issues that we're having. And I think that, you know, really when we – inflation is important and people recognize it. They go to restaurants and see prices and menus are higher. Uh, you try and make a plane reservation or hotel reservation at this point, the prices are higher. Um, rents are, are higher. So we very much see this all out there. But on the other hand, employment is still very strong. And, you know, at this stage, probably as long as people have paychecks and, and there is pent up demand for spending, maybe less so on, on goods, but clearly on services here as the economies continue to open up. And I, you know, I think the positive silver lining on this is that the consumer is strong and so far willing to to step up and pay the higher prices associated you know with inflation um you know the concern is maybe pro, you know prospectively does that take pull off growth a little bit but as mark said you you know if you dampen down and pull back growth a little bit perhaps that will result in a slightly less uh you know strict fed in terms of raising rates um which could be overall beneficial to you know maintaining uh, valuation levels at the you know at, at the current level. Yeah, yeah. And as you're saying, Steve, we are just you know remember we're a consumer-driven economy, and so if the consumer is strong, typically earnings are strong, and the economy is in a generally pretty good shape. Um, so maybe to to wrap this up, as I think about well, well, what have we done for clients, and where are we positioned relative to uh, inflation and growth? Well, we've been concerned about inflation for quite a long time, and rates rising, so we've already got client portfolios positioned that way. So on the inflation front, uh, we've got hedges in owning private real estate. We've got hedges on the private credit side in the sense of uh, they're typically variable rate security, so they'll rise as rates rise. 
Um, we've got shorter duration, shorter maturity bonds. So as rates rise in the short run, we can reinvest at those higher rates pretty quickly. And um, I think sometimes clients forget that actually uh, public companies are an excellent inflation hedge because companies can raise prices. So um, and we've seen that to date in the market. So we've got um, the public equity part of the portfolio. Companies can raise prices and combat that inflation. And we've seen margins stay stable or rise during this period of inflation. So when the consumer's healthy, margins can stay stable, companies can raise prices, and we've got other inflation hedges across the portfolio. So we feel really strong that we've got um, a, a great portfolio for clients. We're aware of the risks, constantly talking about it. And we wanted to thank you for your time uh, today. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Rich, for your thoughts. And we look forward to another um, edition of the podcast series down the road. Thank you. And as always, if you would like to discuss your personal financial planning, reach out to us through our website, palacecapitaladvisors.com. That's P-A-L-L-A-S, capitaladvisors.com. We look forward to connecting with you next time on the Palace Perspectives podcast. Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You should consult the legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances. These materials are provided for general information and educational purposes based on publicly available information from sources believed to be reliable. We cannot assure the accuracy or completeness of these materials. The information in these materials may change at any time and without notice. The information contained herein is for informational purposes only, is not personalized investment investment advice, and should not be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any particular security, sector, or strategy to any individual person or entity. Investment advice offered through Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor. 